So what comes next in the war in the Middle East? I spoke with the Florida Senator Rick Scott, who just received a briefing from the IDF, and will show you what he told me earlier today in the halls of the Capitol. Plus, Nikki Haley out with her first television ad, but she does not name check Donald Trump. Elon Musk dropping F-bombs, not just at advertisers. So who else was he referring to? And we speak with the former head of the CDC as Congress now wants to hear from Anthony Fauci. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Eliana Johnson, editor-in-chief of the Washington Free Beacon. And oh, as you might know, the co-moderator of Wednesday night's GOP debate right here on News Nation. Scott Bolden is the former D.C. Democratic Party chairman. Mick Mulvaney, former Trump White House chief of staff and News Nation political and economic contributor. And Amisha Cross is a Democratic strategist. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Not just the Christmas tree. We'll, we'll show you that at the end of the show. It is beautiful to see. Uh, so when it happens, we'll have it. A lot to get to this evening, though. Before we jump into everything here, uh, there was a little bit of a scare. Not, more, not a little bit, a real scare. At today's Senate GOP lunch, the Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who's also an eye doctor, by the way, had to use the Heimlich maneuver on his colleague, the Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, after she choked on a part of her meal. Now, the senator is doing okay she even responded to the, to the incident this way, saying, quote, can't help but choke on the woke policies Dems are forcing down our throats. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Rand Paul. <laughs> that the senator today, look, she was able to laugh it off. I mean, I'm sure a, a scary incident. They, they have these meetings up on the Hill, these lunches, and she needed the help from her colleague. Going to have to go boneless in these, uh, in these <laughs> is that, lunches. Is that what you're going next time? Out, but uh, I'm, I'm glad Joni Ernst uh, lived to tell the tale. What what what? These are like weekly things, right? They're in the Senate and the House. Yeah, like Republicans have them, Democrats have them in the House and the Senate and so forth. It, it, it happens. I don't know once every five or ten years. It's, I'm right. glad Rand was there. Right. I there weren't any woke policies at the Republican luncheon. <laughs> why she's hiding that. in the food? They're hiding in the food. Hey, if they're you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a, a moment like that, she <laughs> right. she throws some shade. Right. She, she throws some. She should have been throwing a whole bunch of thanks because there are a lot of non actual medical doctors, eye doctor, knowing how to do the Heimlich. Is, <laughs> outside of the norm. Right. However, I mean, I'm glad that he was there and he was there in the moment to save the day. I don't know how to do it. So if anyone chokes on this, I, I was, I'm just going to pray. I was going to say, I got to brush up on my Yeah, I mean, it's like, you got to. That's impressive. Uh, Lindsey Graham from your state of South Carolina, no no fan of, of Rand Paul, even though they are it's, both Republican it's, senators. It's a great line. I think he says the first time he said, thank God for Rand Paul. He said, God uh, bless Rand Paul. <laughs> I never thought I would say that. Joni Ernst doing well. Thank goodness. After a scary scene inside the halls of the Senate earlier today. All right. Turning now to Israel, where the IDF is reporting that six more hostages have been released by Hamas. This after the truce was extended just before it was set to expire. Over now to Tel Aviv, News Nation national correspondent Robert Sherman on the ground for us there. Uh, once again, Robert, we, we know now of six more hostages released. What else can you tell us? And what about this truce? Yeah, starting with the truce aspect of this, Blake, all of this is very fragile in nature. As we all woke up today, not sure whether the truce would be extended or not. In the 11th hour, Hamas came through and delivered a list of women and children that they said 
they would be releasing here today. Well, earlier in the day, we saw a release of two hostages uh, that came back here to Israel. And now we've gotten word of six more hostages that were just released in the last couple of hours. The IDF says they now have them in their possession here and are bringing them back to Israel. It just made it back to Israeli territory a short while ago. Last night, we saw another 16 hostages released, 10 of them Israelis, uh, four of them Thai citizens, two of them Russians. But one of the Israelis, also a dual citizen, an American, Liat Benin, a mother of three who was taken from Kibbutz Niroz in southern Israel. She's just the second American to be released amid this pause. Also today, we saw Secretary of State Antony Blinken here in Israel meeting with the War Cabinet, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in which he reaffirmed the United States' support of Israel, the right to defend themselves and protect themselves against Hamas, but also striking a bit of a different tone, saying when the Israelis do resume their operation in Gaza to exercise more caution when it comes to civilian casualties. He also said that they're looking for some way to extend the pause as well, as they say that a top priority for them is getting as many hostages out as quickly as possible. So that's the line that was being walked here in Israel today. Blake. Robert Sherman in Tel Aviv for us. Robert, thank you. So the Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott, he's been one of Israel's strongest congressional supporters during the war. He commended the administration for its part in getting two American hostages uh, in Gaza freed. But he wants to see more action from President Biden, as you can see there. I spoke with the uh, Florida senator just a little while ago. Yesterday, an American hostage uh, coming out. I know you've been critical of the administration at at the pace of which American hostages have been coming out. Do do you give them credit for, you know, this, this, this American being released? I think you should. If, you know, it doesn't matter who. I mean, the fact the American hostage comes out, everybody should get credit. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm appreciative of any of that. But here's what I've been. The issue for me is we need to start talking about this stuff more. We, you know, we, the president ought to be out there every day saying, okay, this is, this, we have this many hostages. This is what I'm doing to get these hostages out. We need to have, you know, really mourn the fact that we lost 33 people. And, and, and Hamas is a horrible place. I mean, it's I mean, a horrible group of people. Um, giving money to uh, Gazans, which we, you know is going to Hamas, is wrong. So, so yesterday, for example, the president was out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You're saying he shouldn't be out on the road doing those events. Everything should be focused on, on Israel for the most part? Or I mean, I mean, but do something. I mean, right. he, you know the speech he gave, that 15-minute speech he gave? Like, he brought up hostages twice. And, and uh, he talked about Ukraine 23 times. In a 50-minute talk, I mean, come on! I mean, this is our our biggest ally, the only democracy in the Middle East, right? Our biggest ally. Let's, I mean, let's get out there. And and why isn't he out there trying to get this Israeli aid done? You know, we got we forced a vote up here. So you could you could ask though why Congress hasn't done anything? I know they passed I mean, something in the House, but in the Senate, well, I mean, it's if, 50 I, plus days. But like, it would come out it, if we forced a vote, right? We were able to force a vote in the Senate. So I passed the House Israeli aid. And if Biden had come out and said, I want that on my desk tonight, Democrats would have voted for it. We had, well, all we needed was a couple, you know, a few Democrats to vote for it, and we would have gotten passed. What, what do you think an aid package eventually looks like? For Israel? Yeah, Israel, so, what, is it tied to Ukraine, is it border? Like, what, like what, what do you think the, the finish line looks like? So, and what it should be is they ought to be separate votes, right? 
Um, I mean, the things up here we're talking about right now is one, Israel, we, it's already passed the House. That already passed. There's no reason to change. It's paid for. They don't do what it needs. And it's what, as far as I understand, it's what Israel needs. All right? I, I, do, I get briefings constantly, and what they've said, this is what they want right now. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something. It depends on how long this goes. Because it, it seems like it's going to take a long time. I got a briefing this morning, and it's going to take a long time. Like weeks long or months long? Or I, I imagine it's going to take months. To get it to finish an aid package? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Sorry. To get rid of Hamas. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. No, no, no. The aid right. package. Now, separately, um, the on Ukraine, the only way Ukraine aid is going to happen is if we really have border security. And the only way we're going to have real border security is if we have metrics. Because when Trump was in office, the border was secure, right? And we had the same laws as we have now. So it's not like we need new laws, which some of them could help, right? But we need to have an administration that's going to enforce the law. So if I understand you correctly, you're saying Israel as, as one thing, border Ukraine tied together yeah. as another. Right. And you, you think that's what an eventual package looks like, or that's what you're hoping for? I, think, I, I, I assume that's what will happen. I mean, I think, I think that I think most people still we want to understand why we're helping Ukraine. I think the American public, I can tell you my state, people are saying, okay, so why are we doing this? Right. Uh, so I think the administration's got a lot of work to do to explain what we're doing and what we should do. Should we continue to do humanitarian aid? Should we just do lethal aid? I, I mean, I can get, I understand lethal aid. I'm not sure I understand a lot of the others. And, and, and what you said on the briefing this morning on that getting rid of Hamas over, over many months, are you optimistic that that can oh, take yeah. place at some point? Oh, yeah, in- I, yeah I, I trust the IDF. Um, the, I had a briefing this morning, and yeah, the IDF, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, they're ready to do it. Uh, as soon as this ceasefire ends, they're going to be back in there. Um, it, the, um, you know, everything I've been told. Uh, but you know, it's it's all you know. I don't. It's um, there's nothing. Is it you know? Hamas is pos- trying to position themselves better with, through this ceasefire. Uh, they're not doing it to be because they want to release hostages. They just want to. They want to uh, you know figure out how to be able to defeat the IDF. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I believe in Israel. I believe in the IDF. And then lastly, the the sense you got of how long the ceasefire will last. It's up to Hamas. I mean, I think uh, what have, everything I've been told is if they'll keep releasing hostages, um, then, you know, maybe they'll, they'll ceasefire will continue. But, but I doubt that they'll keep doing that. Senator Rick Scott uh, from the halls of Congress earlier this afternoon. All right. So he's saying an Israel package here, border and Ukraine here and keep them separately. Democrats, Republicans. <laughs> is that happening? Mick, let's start with you. You asked him the right question. I think he, he got sort of off the reservation early talking about he only Biden only mentioned this two times versus 23 times for Ukraine. No one cares about that. You asked the right question, which is where are we on the aid? And his answer is right, which is Biden would just call down to the Senate and say, have the vote. The House has already voted on a package. Vote on something. Now, the Senate's not going to pass the exact same thing that the House has passed. That's fine. But they could do an Israeli aid bill right now. The other thing I thought he said was uh, talking about the, the, the ceasefire being up to Hamas. Hmm. And what he's hinting at is what you and I have talked about, we've all talked about off the air, which is sooner or later Hamas is either going to stop releasing hostages or they're going to run out of hostages. Hmm. This doesn't end well. This is war. This is not going yeah. to yeah. go with uh, all the hostages are going to be released peacefully and the war is going to end. That is not going to happen. And I think you asked him the right questions about that. Yeah, and I would also argue the whole ideology of eradicating Hamas is probably one that is wrought with its own issues and one that could be, you know, 
years, decades even, away. I, I don't think that there is an instance in which we can point to a date where Hamas is going to be right. eradicated and no longer be a threat. However, I do believe that there is a very interesting distinction that was made in that video we just watched, um, where you saw Rick speak to the importance of protecting democracy in Israel, Israel being the only democracy in the Middle East. However, on that same token, he did not see the value in protecting the democracy that exists in Ukraine and making sure that Ukraine actually stands and is supported. That, to me, is a huge distinction between what is going on in the Biden administration, what he's pushing for in terms of us being the beacon of democracy the U.S. is and protecting democracy versus... Yeah. What he sees as one being a value and the other one not being worth us investing time or money in. Maybe, look, but I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, I, look, I think this is, he's right that this is an issue on which we need presidential leadership. And what we got from the president, um, I think Rick Scott hinted at this, um, there is a shift in the Biden administration's tone here over the last 24 hours. The president's campaign account last night put out this tweet that is absolutely nonsensical. Um, They wrote, Hamas unleashed a terrorist attack because they fear nothing more than Israelis and Palestinians living side by side in peace. To continue down the path of terror, violence, killing and war is to give Hamas what they seek. We can't do that. I don't know what that means. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in the region today and he struck a different tone, uh, emphasizing that Israel really needs to take care uh, not to endanger too many civilians in Gaza. He made some cursory remarks about Hamas endangering civilians in Gaza, but this is a tonal shift from the administration um, indicating to me, a walk back of its unconditional support for Israel. Israel should be worried. America should be worried. And on the aid for Israel in Congress, that needs presidential leadership. Biden needs to be out there every day. Ukraine we, is a separate thing that I'm happy to talk about. But um, but Israel is well, in that's, a fight for its that's, existence well, that's right one now. Of the, we, we that, gotta- yeah. Um, is urgent and Biden needs to be out there. There is no walk so, back, though. That's mean? the frustrating part. So, so, Netanyahu does not see a walk back. He has actually applauded this administration and President Biden, as have the families of those who of the hostages who were recently released. So, where, where is this walk back happening? Because on the one hand, obviously, it's an election year in America, so we care about our domestic politics and our domestic policy. On the other, he is seeing what is happening in the streets. He is hearing from the young people who are arguing that what has happened to the Palestinians over generations at this point is wrong. That he is speaking to that as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a source. So, of so there back. doesn't have to be a walk back. You're looking at videos of tens of thousands of innocent people. You can support Israel and support peace for Palestinians and say you've got to be more surgical about this. That doesn't walk back our Israeli and support. You know and by the way, you have progressive is Israel Israeli support groups who are protesting and asking for the uh, so I think asking th- for a ceasefire. I think this is all the ingredients in the pot here because we didn't even get to is it going to be split. Like the way that Rick Scott said it was going to be split, right? You can have whatever opinion and, and view that you have, but at the end of the day, what is an aid package going to look like? Will it look like that? What will it look like? We'll have to see. All right, real quick, though. Um, some bad news for federal employees. The work-from-home era may be over. Axios is now reporting that the Biden White House is making an aggressive push to get federal workers back into the office. The chief of staff, Jeff Zients, is leading the effort, and he's been privately pressing cabinet secretaries to bring their workers back in. Mick, Scott, you say good luck. <laughs> my, my heart goes out to Jeff Zients, the chief of staff, because he's got no chance here. He, you know, these folks Explain will, why. These folks will come back when they want to come back. And I know that sounds strange, but that's how this works. These are union employees who work for the federal government. And if they don't want to come back, they're not coming back and you can't fire them. Oh, I know oh, you hate to hear that, no, but you know it's true. As a, as a former 
president of the D.C. Chamber of Commerce okay. and a former managing partner of a large law firm here. I can tell you the, the empty office space for all law firms downtown. It's and killer the, downtown. And the, and the D.C. economy, for downtown D.C. economy, is, is just being killed right now. I think a third of my lawyers come in a third of the time, <laughs> if you will, and we've got long-term leases. But they still bill right. at the same rate. I'm sure they do. <laughs> all they're asking, well, we got to keep the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> all, all Zions is asking for is come in five days out of every ten. That's right. it. That's wow. all they're trying to do. It's right. not like come back to work every single day. Not know right. who they work for, which was the elected representatives of the American people, the president and his chief of staff. Do what your boss 2. has. 2.2 million federal employees. Yeah, what to do going forward? All right, coming up, the state of the race with less than one week before the GOP presidential debate here on News Nation. Where do things stand right now? Inside from the panel, and the person sitting next to me is moderating the thing. We'll get her take. Plus, is the border chief in risk of losing his job? There's another GOP-led effort in the House to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. So is it a smart move? The Hill on News Nation, back in a few. Yeah. All right, welcome back here to The Hill. So our News Nation Republican debate is now less than a week away, six days, and all of the Republican candidates are maneuvering to put themselves in the best position with the voting set to begin just 45 days from now with the Iowa caucuses. So what is the state of the race today? Hello, Eliana Johnson. Hi, Blake. I heard you're going to be somewhere Wednesday night in Alabama, we Tuscaloosa. Will be in Tuscaloosa. One of the moderators alongside Elizabeth and Megan Kelly. Um, I'll just open it up to you here. Um, six days until this debate. What are you looking forward to? You know, it's a wonderful opportunity, I think, um, for us to ask these candidates some questions. For me, in particular, from a conservative perspective, and really hope to um, bring Republican voters, show them the differences between the remaining candidates who, who make the stage, really hope to um, extract information from the candidates that's a service to the audience, that yep. helps inform their votes as they prepare to go cast their ballots. Uh, Nikki Haley, uh, you know, a lot of attention will be on her. She actually released uh, her first television ad, and here's part of it. It's time for a new generation of conservative leadership. We have to leave behind the chaos and drama of the past and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. What do you make of that, Mick? Uh, airing, airing in Iowa, New Hampshire, it sounds like she's... Yeah, she's making the chaos argument. And she's not she's not using Trump's name. And that's the first time I've I've seen that part of the ad. Yeah. But that's OK, because when she says chaos, everybody knows who she's talking about. Mm -hmm. But again, we've talked about last night, we've talked about it before. Her task here is to consolidate the anti-Trump vote and get some of the MAGA voters. The MAGA voters like the chaos. And so I'm not sure how this moves anybody off of the Trump column and into her column. If she gets 40 percent, that'd be great, but she still loses, and you only pay one place in this business. I don't see why she goes after MAGA voters, period. They're not going to come to her as long as Trump's in the race. You agree why with her? go after 100%. all the Republican, all the other Republicans. She's going to have to go after the other Republicans, and she's going to have to go after independents and swing voters. She could also, if she plays her cards right, make a play for younger voters, particularly women. It is not trying to transfer Trump voters, because I think that if she's trying to attack the MAGA base, 
she's going to lose time and time again. That base isn't moving. Mm-hmm. They they weren't moving to DeSantis when he was the closest thing to Trump uh, a few weeks ago. They didn't move to Vivek. They're definitely not going to move to a Nikki Haley. So you bring up Ron DeSantis. Oh, no, sorry, go. No, I, <laughs> that's why I think her campaign has been more successful than people anticipated. She didn't try to go after the Trump voters. She went after the people who wanted an alternative. And the ad is interesting and clever, I think, in a few ways. First, she makes a generational argument, which makes her it applicable both to Trump and to Biden. And the other is she talks about chaos. And in more of the ad than we saw here, she talks about it on the international scene and domestically. In domestic, we know she's talking about Trump. Internationally, I think she's talking about Biden. There's Russia, Ukraine, there's Israel, Hamas, and there's the southern border. And so in Trump? many ways, I think this uh, this ad is a targeting both of them without I, using I, either I, of them. I agree names. with both of you about the focus on the independent voters, but I, I'm trying to play the chess moves down the board and say, okay, if Trump's polling above 50% in New Hampshire, in Iowa, in South Carolina, head-to-head uh, with five people in the race, doesn't make any difference. If he's going to get more than 50%, you have to take some of those votes away or else you lose. What, what am I missing about does that? Does that transition, because we know that the Koch Network gave their endorsement in a weird, almost apology to DeSantis in the, in the same time. But we, we also saw Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan step yeah. out and try to get other, you know, financiers and other business professionals to step out in support of her as Even well. Democrats. And disillusioned Democrats, exactly. Right. I, I Democrats. think that there is something to be said about the strength of what would be Nikki Haley candidacy at this point that is, again, not trying to pull the Trump voter, but is looking at a lot of Democrats are quite frankly upset. And if she plays a Republican primary, what does she do about the abortion issue? Because she's kind of played it down the middle. She's been on both sides of the argument, in my opinion. And I'll be honest with you, if she doesn't take a hard position, it's going to be hard for conservative voters to vote for her. She's gotten a pass right now. But if she grows in the polls or if she does, she's going to have to confront that issue. We didn't even get to talk about Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. There is a lot going on (laughs) Wednesday night for you, Miss Johnson. Um, And then, of course, Donald Trump, as we talk about. Um, I've heard of him. You've heard of him, uh, former (laughs) chief of staff. And as they all, of course, Ron are trying DeSantis to catch him. Ron is trying to get some chops tonight between him and Gavin Newsom. So maybe yeah, he's going to bring some that of that fire tonight. or illusion <laughs> to the debate. All right. So News That's Nation, uh, as you know, the fourth debate is uh, six days from now, Wednesday, December 6th, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, University of Alabama, moderated by Elizabeth Vargas, Megan Kelly, and Eliana Johnson. Uh, we'll see you in Alabama. Next week, excited about it. But before then and coming up, Dr. Anthony Fauci set to testify before Congress. And respiratory illnesses are soaring in China. So what is going on over there? The former head of the CDC joins us live. And then there's this. If if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go yourself. Elon Musk sounding off on advertisers that left X. But did you also see what he said? Why he says there is one thing in particular in which he left a better impression on this world than anyone else. We'll get into it coming up here on The Hill. All right, welcome back here to The Hill. So just a little while ago, the Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene temporarily abandoned yet another attempt to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas because of what's going on at the southern border. It also comes as the House, as House Republicans rather, appear to be moving closer to formalizing the impeachment inquiry against President Biden. So two different things, a lot going on. Um, 
Mick smart for Marjorie Taylor Greene to say, you know what, no. Yeah. Oh, you're already, why are you shaking your head already? I didn't even finish the question. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, Mick and and then go. Go, go, go. go. Come on. She doesn't even have the Republican support. Not only, it energizes Democrats, of course, and there's no legal basis for it. You can't start impeaching people. And I think, hopefully we can all agree on this. You can't start impeaching people, whether Republicans or Democrats, because you don't like their policies or they're not good administrators. And therefore, I think, think Trump world would say. I was, the, uh, I was against Supreme impeaching Court. I mean, the uh, Obama. southern border. Uh, we, we came under pressure from the Tea Party wave to impeach Obama. Right. I was against that because there's no crimes or misdemeanors. I was against the, the first impeachment of Trump because that was a joke. Uh, on the Ukraine thing, I'm against these impeachments. The politicization of, the, of this is yeah. wrong, and it's nice to see somebody's putting their foot down someplace in the House. Well, it's, can I just it's add- also costly and not worth America's time, because we, when we think about this, to your point, there is no there there. There's a, there should be a case to be made for impeachment before you start pushing go on impeachment. And we've heard Republicans want to impeach Mayorkas for quite some time now. This isn't anything new. The border crisis, our immigration crisis, our lack of comprehensive immigration reform is not Mayorkas' fault. Right. And Congress needs to check itself. Oh. The Republicans in Congress, they, if they have a problem with what's happening at the border, they should focus on winning at the ballot box. There's an election in a year, and I do think their constant efforts on these sort of performative impeachments, he's not actually going to remove, be removed from office. Democrats so, control I, I, the Senate. Actually, they should focus on winning How about passing legislation? How about passing comprehensive so immigration? I totally wish you. Uh, I am Go good with the inquiry. The, the, the inquiry that, okay. I'm a good with the inquiry. So let me, before you dive into yeah. there, so then there's the separate thing with President Biden. I'm Correct. glad you bring, because that's where I wanted to go next. Um, Basically, formalizing an inquiry so that the White House uh, could potentially hand over documents. And it seems as if House Republicans are moving in that direction. So you were against all the things that you just laid out, Mick, but this you're good with? I had no problem with the impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump because it's an appropriate thing for the House of Representatives to do. I had no problem with the impeachment inquiry now into Biden. That's what the House of Representatives is supposed to do. It's taking that next step and actually offering and voting on bills of impeachment in the House. But that's a different story. But Mick, you can't even get to inquiry without probable calls or identifying a high crime and misdemeanor. It just doesn't exist with Biden. And you've got, a, even, you've got a check from his brother for a loan that they don't even know exists. They're trying that's to tie whatever they that's, think that's, is. That's, that's not a problem. crime. That's probable cause. That is not probable cause. That is not probable cause. If he goes out and says, I have no connection with this, I don't have any idea what this is. I'll open up my check account. I got a check from my cousin who is unemployed. You want to investigate him for check kiting, or you want to investigate no. me for stealing no. money from him? No, but if he it just, just got, doesn't exist. But if he just got two million dollars from the Chinese, that might be a different story. And That's not enough to not. investigate or prosecute. <laughs> it's enough to investigate. And a guess, and we will see what happens uh, with House Republicans if they put this to a vote to formally go forward. That conversation could take place <laughs> for quite some time. All right. Meantime, the House investigation, speaking of the House, uh, its investigation into COVID-19 and the U.S. response will continue into 2024. Dr. Anthony Fauci now set to testify before Congress. The Republican Brad Winstrup from Ohio announced the appearance by saying, quote, it's time for Dr. Fauci to confront the facts and address the numerous controversies that have arisen during and after the pandemic. Americans deserve trusted public health leaders who will prioritize the well-being of our people over any personal or political goals. Uh, He will answer written responses. Dr. Fauci will first. Joining us now is the former director of the CDC, Tom Frieden. He also serves as the president and CEO of Resolve to Save 
lives. Dr. Frieden, thank you for being here uh, on the Hill. Appreciate the time. I wonder, you know, we, we saw this news today about um, one of your successors, um, and I wonder what you make of Dr. Fauci answering questions before Congress in 2024. It's important that we air the issues, that there's a frank discussion of things. It's clear that uh, every one of us, if we could relive the pandemic, would do some things differently. It's also clear that we have ways forward that we're not taking and need to take. That includes reducing the risk of spillover from animal diseases to humans. That includes improving laboratory safety to reduce the risk of a laboratory accident in any country of the world. The pandemic was devastating to our economy, to our health, to our kids' education, and we need to do better at protecting ourselves and the world from the next big threat. Is he to blame? Uh, your question cut off. I said, is he to blame? Or did, <laughs> is did you put Fauci blame to blame? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Fauci was for more than three decades the head of the infectious disease research arm of the National Institutes of Health. He advised six presidents. I was with him during some of those uh, advisory sessions. He's a scientist. And um, my belief is that he has always acted to protect people, to try to learn more, and to do what okay. works. He's become, unfortunately, a lightning rod for partisan politics. And the fact is, that's, that's a problem because he's really a pretty nonpartisan person. Hey, doctor, I want to ask you, and let's look forward. What's going on in China right now? Can you explain what's happening and what you believe, sir, is happening? Although we don't have all of the information I wish we would have on the details of who's getting sick and when, what we believe is happening is sometimes called an immunity gap that there were years where people weren't getting infected because of lockdowns and therefore are much more susceptible to influenza, RSV, COVID, and other infections. And we saw this in the U.S. last year. China opened up about a year after us, so they're seeing it now. We're seeing it this year. Not too late to get your flu shot, your RSV shot, if you're over 65 or need it, and your COVID vaccination. We're really lagging here. And because of that, we have avoidable hospitalizations and deaths in this country. Hey, doctor, you know, I, I'm sure you know what's going on in the state of Ohio. It's become the first state to report a mysterious uptick in pediatric pneumonia, of course, as we see um, what, what's going on in China. Do, do you think there's a, a link there? Do you, do you think, how big of a concern do you see that right now inside the United States? The key is to investigate. And that's why we, along with uh, organizations around the world, advocate for something called 717. Every single health threat identified within seven days, reported within one day, and all essential control measures in place within seven days. That means having good public health departments at the local level, at the state level, at the national level, and in countries around the world. When any of us is unsafe, all of us are unsafe. Doctor, I, I got to run, but I, I, I want to ask you, you know, for the average person who sees the headlines of coming, what's going out in China, and we know everything that we lived through uh, at the beginning of this decade, and if they were to say, I don't believe what they're saying in China, what would you tell them? I'd like to see more information. What are the details? Who's getting sick and when? What age groups? What do the lab tests show? That kind of open transparency is really important to rebuild trust. Why aren't we? 
All right, Dr. Frieden, uh, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it, thank sir. You. Hope you come on back. Always a pleasure. Yep. Um, do you have some questions? I did. It, it sounds, the, the parallels to the beginning of, of COVID are frightening to me, okay? Because what you just heard is that China is not sharing information. If this was happening in Brazil, if this was happening in, in the UK, if it was happening in Germany, we would have all the information that we need to answer all the questions you just asked. And we're not getting them down. We didn't get them during COVID either. That's absolutely wrong. And why our government's not making a bigger deal about that concerns me. We also talk about Tony Fauci. Yeah, so you, you were the chief of separate. The, the World Health Organization, I'm told, is investigating. Exactly. So don't and worry. The, the world, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. And sarcasm there. Sarcasm there. Right, yeah. right, right. Even though, even though China's supposedly a member, they didn't allow an American in for six months. This is, this is wrong. This is how we got into this in the first place, by China not being a good actor, and it needs to stop. The dates you were chief of staff were from? The first days of COVID. First days of COVID. I, I okay. left in March of 2020. Um, and when I, you ran, see- I ran the COVID task force before Mike Pence. Okay. And so when you hear that Anthony Fauci is going to be answering questions before Congress. I want Anthony Fauci to ask some questions. I've talked to Brad Wenster. Brad Wenster's a good man. He's a doctor. Uh, I believe that Tony Fauci misled the president of the United States, did not give him the full truth about the options that were available to us. I don't think there's a single person in this country more responsible for the fact that we locked down than Tony Fauci. And I hope it comes out as part of these hearings. Hmm. But didn't the lockdown save lives? And didn't Donald Trump withhold information from the public as well? Didn't he tell them to inject themselves with bleach? Was Florida as responsible as anybody else could be? Couldn't he mix? Come on now. Was Florida any more deadly on an age-adjusted basis than any other state? Florida was open. California was closed. We'll hear about this in in these debates. Well, we know that ethnically speaking, black people were more. Black people died at higher rates in general than anybody else. Demographically speaking, African Americans, those who had lower access to health care prior to sure. um, prior to the spread of COVID, were at the were at the highest risk. So when we talk about the closing of schools, particularly schools that were in urban communities, guess who's teaching in urban communities? Other black people. They're also driving the buses. They're the cafeteria workers. So were you willing to risk more lives by not close by not ha- housing these closures? I agree with you to a certain extent. Some of them I would argue were for too long. But I would also say that we were operating under the information that we had at the time, and I think. It's very uh, it's very sad to argue that Anthony Fauci somehow had some secret information they didn't tell everybody oh, no, and was did. willing to watch our economy you no, know, erupt. This did. is the same guy who led us through HIV AIDS. This was the same guy who led us through Ebola. This was the same guy who led us through H1N1 successfully under multiple presidents, many of them being and conservative the as well. hated him when he was running HIV because he didn't do it. The Democrats didn't like Tony Fauci until he was anti-Trump. So we, we could do a whole show on, on Tony Fauci. Um, I'll, I'll give you the last. We, we can't. We can and can't right now. But I'll give you the last word just because you had the front row seat. No, I just, I hope that we do a better job this time around. When we talk about losing lives, I, we can have that conversation. But let's also talk at the same next breath yeah. about the cost, the next generation not going to school for two years, about people not having the personal relationship they had, about not being able to but, see your parents what, die. The kids who have the worst fallbacks in their education in math and reading were the same kids who were in the districts that have been categorically underfunded by Republicans for decades. So let's not act as though it was just that, because those students oftentimes had lower reading, writing scores, reading, writing and math before the pandemic as well. Being outside of a school district in that schoolhouse for two years, obviously, the textbook had its response issues. on a pandemic like this was supposed to be that you find out who the most at risk and um, uh, populations are and isolate them. You never, ever, ever shut down. We only shut down okay. because China did. I got it wrong. All right. Well, coming up. There. Um, how about this question? Are we alone? (laughs) Some lawmakers say the government is hiding something about the existence of UFOs. A live report from Capitol Hill as calls for transparency continue to grow louder. And Elon Musk 
what he's saying after the break. Our daughter, Jessie, loves playing detective. A clue. But since we discovered she has sensitive skin, we've been playing detective, too. We thought the problem was our puppy. But it was actually our old detergent. Aha. Uh-huh. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind irritating residues. Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin. Case closed. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Free and Gentle. Elizabeth Vargas reports tonight at 6, 5 central, only on America's fastest growing cable news network, News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com or stream News Nation on Apple CarPlay and Alexa. My name is DeMar Hamlin. I play for the Buffalo Bills and I play safety. CPR saved my life. I've teamed up with the American Heart Association as a national ambassador to help create a nation of lifesavers, turning bystanders into lifesavers through CPR education and access to AEDs. Nearly three out of four cardiac arrests that don't happen in hospitals happen in homes. Join me to ensure everyone has the chance to live longer, healthier lives. Visit heart.org nation. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. In Iraq, our truck hit a roadside bomb. I had about 16 surgeries on my hand so that I could regain function. And when I came home, I needed a new roof due to a storm. And I was about to lose homeowner's insurance as well. I applied for Operation Homefront Critical Financial Assistance Program. And it's good to know that when we come home, there are people who are there that care about us. Operation Homefront, they've really been a blessing. Visit OperationHomefront.org to learn more. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Marnie Hughes, delivering fact based, unbiased news from all sides. Wednesday, the News Nation Republican primary debate with News Nation's Elizabeth Vargas, Sirius XM's Megyn Kelly, and the Washington Free Beacon's Eliana Johnson. To find News Nation on your TV, go to joinnn.com. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying, I'll trust water bottles and a flashlight to save the day, but I'll be proved wrong. With a tornado approaching, I'll realize that I like a wheelchair-accessible shelter. When the floodwaters rise, I'll be up in the attic with 20 cans of beans. It's a recipe for disaster. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
This season is a whirlwind of celebration in those moments when you have time to catch your breath. Prioritize your health with no prep, fruit and veg packed food from Daily Harvest. Visit dailyharvest.com to receive up to $65 off your first box with code HARVEST. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. Thumbtack is the app that makes it easier to care for your home. Pull out your phone, and in just a few taps, search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Download Thumbtack and start caring for your home the easier way. All right, welcome back to The Hill. So did you see this? Elon Musk telling advertisers to, you know what? (laughs) But what caught our attention was something else that he said uh, during a a lengthy interview yesterday with The New York Times, CNBC, deal book, about his influence on... To help the environment, then uh, all of the companies combined. Uh, It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. I'm saying what I I care about is the the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. F*** them. (laughs) You're Jewish. You thought what Elon said was wrong and anti-Semitic. Um, and you thought he rocked last night. I thought interview. it was fantastic. I, <laughs> I loved everything about it. I loved what he said to advertisers who, I agree, are trying to extort him into taking their said, favored political positions. He said, go and, bleep yourself. Yes, he did. And I thought he bleep. was wonderful. You know, I, I saw this tweet, which is complicated. We don't need to describe it. But he essentially said, like, I said something stupid. My real views are as follows. And he said, look. Many Jewish activist groups, because of the Jewish people's persecuted status, have gotten in bed with a host of left-wing causes, and they're learning these people uh, support their annihilation. That is stupid. Maybe you should stop funding these people. Uh, good for him. He's right. So the, the headline that's, that's making the rounds, of course, is where he tells the advertisers to go, to go bleep themselves, right? Um, but that soundbite right there I thought was incredibly interesting because what he was saying is you know what i'm walking the walk on some of this stuff i built tesla i've saved the environment more than anyone on this planet democrats have a big issue with this guy but his is he not right there when he says that he saved the planet more than anybody else he uh, says he's contributed to the, that's, to the a, that's a pretty grandiose you know like self-titled to give. exactly like it, it, <laughs> no um, but what about it, the idea of walking the walk energy, energy efficient vehicles absolutely but can we say that he saved more than anybody probably not um he's walking the walk of the language of people who he looks up to he is framing himself in the way that he speaks after Donald Trump. It's grandiose. It's upsetting. He likes to appear. Oh, I think he's. I think he's strong. one of one. It's I don't think this F- has F- anything F- to do F- with Trump. F- you you lost because me, he wants to appear me, strong. He lost me people he looks up to. Yeah, he's he's right. one of one. He's the most. It's, it's it, it's an interesting concept because a lot of what he was saying was you know basically grasping at straws to see what strong man he could attach himself to, what strong man would believe in him. A lot of this is him trying to prove himself to be hyper masculine above all else. We know the advertisers are needed for social media for general media or nobody here is going to say you f you to advertisers anytime too soon whether you agree with somebody pulling out or not and it is up to the private sector to decide who they want to support and who they don't if we don't want to give this to you we don't have to so the whole analysis is problematic 
Cincinnati. We got to talk about UFOs next, so keep this short if you wouldn't mind. He's worth $260 billion. Give or take. The advertisers are worth about $40 billion, so when he gives them the finger, he can afford it, and that makes him the difference maker. Yeah, people leaving Twitter and Twitter <laughs> basically does. tanking because he does, he's literally I, watching it tank and he is creating the the map for it to tank purposely. I, I don't think don't yesterday there was a lot there. I, I, the Twitter <laughs> stuff is getting the headlines. I don't think the Twitter stuff was the takeaway from yesterday. It's 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 worth a watch. Um, and obviously, when you talk about Elon. Lots of that's a good transition, by the way. Elon Musk to To aliens. aliens. There you go. All right. So what does the government really know about UFOs? (laughs) Several members of Congress today called for more transparency. They want the declassification and public release of records relating to UFOs. Joining us now, News Nation's Joe Khalil, live from Capitol Hill. What is going on, Joe? Hey, Blake. So this is the group, mind you, that call themselves the UAP caucus in the House. And they say for months now, they have been trying to get access to records and reports about UAP sightings, mostly uh, around military bases. They say they're aware of some 144 of them. And they say that they have been stonewalled in their efforts by the intelligence community. They name dropped the CIA. They said even some members of the Intel Committee uh, here in Congress and the House have stopped their efforts. One of the more vocal members, uh, Jared Moskowitz, Democrat from Florida, says when there's secrecy around this issue, it just prompts more rumor. Here's what he said. The American people have a simple question, which is, if none of this exists, if this is all false, why at every turn are there people trying to stop the transparency and the disclosure? So they're obviously frustrated. One uh, of the other members of this group here actually said, uh, what we know is a lot of these sightings are, are by Air Force pilots around our nuclear facilities. So not jumping to mm. conclusions about little green men. He said, whatever these things are, if it's China, Russia, CIA technology that even the military doesn't know about, or if it is something otherworldly, that should be concerning, that it's flying over our nuclear sites. And so this group is pushing for uh, amendments to the ND that would mandate some disclosure from the intel community uh, and from others. So we're going to see if that goes anywhere. And, and that soundbite that you played there, Joe, it's fascinating to see liberal Democrats standing next to conservative Republicans on this yeah. issue. It is a wide Very group. bipartisan. Joe, Joe Kay, up in the Capitol hallways. Joe, thank you. Uh, a quick programming note, by the way, Connell McShane filling in for Elizabeth Vargas. Tonight on Elizabeth Vargas Reports, he'll speak with David Whelan, the brother of Paul Whelan, as you might know, the American wrongfully detained still in Russia. He'll get an update on Paul's condition after he was attacked by another inmate in a Russian prison. Tune in, 6 o'clock Eastern, six minutes from now, right here on News Nation. But before then and before we go, after being knocked down over, the, uh, over by wind earlier this week, a live look right there. They are about to light... The national Christmas tree should happen at any moment. Some final thoughts from the panel on the other side of the break. Before we go, stay with us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so before we say goodbye, a live look just down the road from us here in Washington. The lighting of the National Christmas Tree should take place at any moment now. A beautiful sight here in Washington as we are about to say goodbye here on the Hill. Thank you to you all. Uh, fun show. A lot less windy out there tonight. Then, then when it toppled down a couple, a couple days ago, right? Yeah, it just felt, was, yeah. boop, but they got it upright tonight. Go get them in six days. Thank you. Have fun. Eliana Thank Johnson you. moderating the See debate. You soon. Yep, we'll see you back here uh, tomorrow. Thank you for watching.